my uh, great-great-grandfather, Avzal Meshah Yitzchaki, they say he came from Rashi, but that's just family, you know, who knows. Anyways, because Yitzchaki and Hayitzchaki, either way, um, he was talking to other, other Hasidim about the meaning of a, of a phrase in davening. I don't know what phrase it was. Let's say it was Baruch Shammar. What level of godliness is being expressed in this section of davening? So the Chassidim had different opinions. And he was considered to be <coughs> more knowledgeable, definitely, definitely more forceful with his opinions than others. That's for sure. And he says, after they go to different levels, he says, Atzilus, this one says, Bria, the various levels. He says, I think it's talking about God. There is a, um, a yardstick that's used to describe various levels of godliness throughout Hasidus. The yardstick is that the, the higher something is, the more apparent, the more, the more obvious it is that there's nothing besides Hashem. The lower something is, the less apparent it is that there's nothing besides Hashem. On the yardstick, you'll also find that the higher you go, the less division there is. The more you see oneness, the more you see unity. The higher you go in the spiritual cosmos, the less of a uh, separation, and the more you see the oneness of Hashem. Chassidus in general talks about two concepts, Das Elyon and Das Tachn, a higher level of knowledge and a lower level of knowledge. The lower level of knowledge is our knowledge, our perspective. Our perspective is that, that which is here, that which we can look at and touch in the, our sense of self, is yesh, is real, it's something, it's substantial. And that which is higher than us is not substantial, it's not real, it's, it's abstract, it's not, it's not as real as us. Then there is Das Elyon, then there is a higher level, a higher perspective. Higher perspective is that which is higher, the higher worlds. That's the reality. That's substantial. And that which is lower is insignificant. So this yardstick could be used to discuss various levels of godliness. But when you get to talking about Hashem himself, with, <laughs> with that's what we're trying to talk about the whole time, the essence of Hashem Himself, you got to throw away the yardstick. The yardstick doesn't doesn't work anymore. I'm talking about Hashem Himself. I'll give you an example. Example is Abhila Parashar said that there are certain souls that for them there was never any destruction of the base of Megdash. Rabbi Shimba Yechoi in the cave, he was experiencing something of the base of Megdash. That's about Noyach. Noyach in the Teva. In this Teva, there was something of the Beis Hamikdash, something of the future era. The Beis Hamikdash, or the third Beis Hamikdash, was there in the Teva of Neich. That's why all the animals got along in the Teva. But at the same time, it also says that the Rashbi didn't really have the coming of Mashiach. There was something missing from him. Something very critical was missing. In fact, it says about Meishar Rabbeinu that uh, Meishar Rabbeinu understood the forty-nine gates of understanding. And on the day of his passing, he achieved the 50th gate of understanding. That's why he passes away on Har Nevo, the mountain called Nevo. Nevo is made up of three letters. Nun Boy, it has the letter Nun, has the 50th in it. Moshe Rabbeinu achieved the 50th gate. Similarly, it says about um, Ashrei that um, we don't have the letter uh, uh, Nun 
in Ashri, you have every other letter in the Aleph base starting a phrase of Ashri, but not Nun. Why not the level Nun? Because Nun is gematria of 50, and, and a Choyla is gematria, a sick person is number 49, because until you get to um, 49, you are, until you get to level 50, you are considered sick. You consider it's not like you're missing like perfection till you get to the fiftieth level, which I'll tell you what the fiftieth level is in a second. Till you get to the fiftieth level, it's not like you're missing something small. You're sick. It means you're missing something critical. So, in a similar way, uh, it says about the Mendel of Haradak. Mendel of Haradak says that uh, in his he was living in Tzfas, and some Shugana went up to Harazesim, and he blew the shafer. And people were wondering if Mashiach had come. And there was a little bit of an uproar over there. You know, people, they didn't have as many Meshagayim as we are blessed with in Los Angeles. And they were also much more conscious of the coming of Mashiach than we, we need to be. Anyways, so this guy blows the shofar, and people were wondering, has Mashiach come? So they asked the tzaddik of the town, Rabbi Mendel of Haradak, do you think Mashiach has come? So Mendel of Haradak goes out of his house, and I'm sorry, he opens the window, he smells the air, and says, no, it's not yet Mashiach. So the question is, why do you have to smell the air outside? Why didn't you have to just? Why can he just smell his own air in his own house? And the answer is that the air in his own house was already at the level of Mashiach. But if the air outside his house wasn't the level of Mashiach, that means the air inside. If that's what was happening outside his house, that tells you a lot about what was inside his house too. Because if we're talking about a revelation of the infinite light of Hashem, how Hashem's truth, Hashem's reality, then Hashem's reality is pervasive. There's no place where He is not. So the very fact that Hashem's reality wasn't seen on the outside, also told Ramendel of Haradok, and also told Rav Bar Yochoi, that your revelation is very deficient. You're missing something. If I can't feel it outside your cave and outside your house, that means there's something that what you're experiencing in your cave and in your house isn't infinite. Because if it was infinite, I'd be experiencing it too. So this is relevant to help us understand the next part of the Mimer. We're trying to understand the impact of the Hasidim versus the Yisharim and the Tzadikim. And what we've explained so far is that there's a difference between the tzaddik and the yashar. The tzaddik is someone who Hashem makes a decree, and the tzaddik says, I want the decree to be nullified, and the decree is nullified. So he sort of dominates. Why does he dominate? So he said he dominates because he is able to channel God's desire. He's a tzaddik, and Hashem listens to him, and Hashem wants to do what the tzaddik wants, despite the fact that there is a decree, and because of the desire of the tzaddik, Hashem nullifies the decree. So the tzaddik's desire um, trumps the normal order of the spiritual cosmos of this chain of world to world, level to level. The tzaddik's, the tzaddik's desire channels the God's desire how he is beyond the spiritual cosmos, and therefore there's a change in the spiritual cosmos. And there's a higher level we discussed called Yashar. Yashar connects to the level of Atik, which Atik in a human being is pleasure. 
We gave an example. Muhammad what was the example? How do you get to God's pleasure? Remember? Yes, you remember. We said that anyone who teaches an ignoramus Torah, you tell me someone who brings someone out of their natural ugliness to become beautiful, because we said ugliness means someone who is lacking knowledge, because it says in the Torah, Jewish daughters are beautiful, but poverty makes them ugly. Right. Poverty means, Jewish daughters mean souls, and poverty means lack of knowledge. So if you give another Jew knowledge of Torah and you make them beautiful, so God says, even if I have a decree, I will nullify it for that person. So here, God's nullifying the decree. God's nullifying the decree means that it's not that Hashem, that, that the tzaddik is overriding the desire of the spiritual cosmos, of the angels and souls of the heavenly court and the spiritual cosmos. Rather, what's happening is, is that there is a change in the ishtalshalos itself, there's a change in the spiritual cosmos itself, because the tzaddik has elicited Hashem's pleasure just like when we have pleasure in something, that makes us become different. When you have pleasure in something, that's something you identify with, that's something that you want, because that's your pleasure. So pleasure is the, what animates the entire spiritual cosmos. So when it, we say that a tzaddik connects to Hashem's pleasure, it's not that the tzaddik is dominating, it's going against the desire of the heavenly court. Rather, there is a shift in the heavenly court through the tzaddik connecting to Hashem's pleasure. Because the Shem's pleasure is now revealed in the way that the tzaddik, uh, because of the merit of the tzaddik who has taught this person Torah, so it's not that Hashem ignores the spiritual, the desires of the souls and angels of the he- heavenly court. It's more like there is a change in them; they are changed because of the new, the new flow. Their inner vitality has changed. Their inner stuff that they're made of, has changed because that tzaddik has touched Hashem's pleasure and therefore the pleasure of Hashem is now imbuing them with this newfound uh, perspective on how things should be and, th- and therefore there is a, a new, a new um, decision that's made in the heavenly court. The, the new decision is that th- there should not be a decree. Okay. But all this discussion isn't very Jewish. Oops, what do I mean? What do I mean it's not very Jewish? It sounds like that there is Hashem and there's a heavenly court and there's two different opinions. When we're talking about a, a dissonance between a tzaddik and the spiritual cosmos or even the, uh, the pleasure of Hashem affecting a change in the spiritual cosmos, we're obviously not talking about God's essence because what we know about God is that there's nothing besides Him and everything in the world, the true essence of everything in the world is Him. That's why Hasidus says that the only thing you could say, this is what it is, although Coca-Cola claims to be all that is, but the only thing you can really point at and say, this is what it is, is Hashem. And anything else in the entire spiritual cosmos, if you're saying it's something else, you're not really talking about what its true core is. So Hashem's essence is the essence of everything. Hashem is Everything is Hashem and Hashem is everything. You could also say Hashem isn't everything. Nothing is really what it looks like. Everything is really part of Him. So when you're talking about Hashem's essence, the yardstick I was talking about before, you have to throw it away. The higher and the lower doesn't exist anymore. All there is is Him. So through the chasinim, 
which they connect to the inner dimension of Atik, which we'll see in a second what that means, that which it, we're going to see how that it refers to God's essence. From the perspective of God's essence, there's not that there's a change in the spiritual cosmos, but there's no room for decree in the first place. All there is is Him. If we're, from the perspective of Pneumius Attic, there's no higher and there's no lower, there's no, nothing outside of Him. And therefore, the, the, the change isn't a change in the spiritual cosmos, it's just something which, which, which happens automatically. In the language of the Talmud Yerushalmi, we'll see inside in a second, it's not that Hashem nullifies the decree for the sake of the tzaddik. In the language of the Gemara Yerushalmi is, Didi kaima. I say this, and you say this, mine will not exist. It's not that I will nullify it. Mine will not, my decree will not exist. There's no room for a decree in the first place. Not I'm going to nullify the decree. Nullifying means that there's still some, 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 something else, else, something other. We're talking about some level of godliness, which from that perspective of godliness, there is something outside of godliness. That this is higher, and, that, and it's, it's a higher level, and there's a way Hashem contracts himself to a lower level, and there's a way the higher thing impacts the lower thing. We're talking about the primius of Atik, which we learned earlier that Atik means a copy. It's, a, it's, it's, so to speak, the way the essence of godliness is in Hishtalshos. From the perspective of the infinite light of Hashem, from the essence of godliness, there is no outside. And therefore you cannot say, he nullifies the decree. Maybe for our ears, this example will uh, make it more relevant. Um, they say a story about this uh, heretic had a conversation with God, a scientist, and he said to God, you know, science has basically figured everything out and you're no longer relevant because we could do anything that you could do. So Hashem said, okay, so go make man. There's no problem. Make man a sand. Okay, no problem. And he scoops full up a handful of sand. God says, get your own sand. What I'm trying to say is the perspective of there being a, a, a higher light of Hashem impacting a, a something other only is relevant when, the, from the perspective of the higher light of Hashem, there is something other. We're talking about the essence of Hashem, there is no other, all there is is Him. And therefore you can't say he's impact, He impacts something else. All there is is Him in the first place. And therefore there's not just a, a, a when it's because of the effort of a Jew to reach, which reaches, the primius attic, which I said earlier, that's through being selfless. And not thinking about yourself, but just trying to do what Hashem wants you to do. And because you put yourself on the side, so to you touched a level of the essence of Hashem beyond existence, just like you went outside of your existence, so that to that causes a reflective impact in heaven, and you reach Hashem's essence beyond existence. And since you're reaching a place of beyond existence, so everything is included there. In Hashem's essence, everything, there's nothing outside of Him. And therefore, there's a, whatever, whatever uh, Xerah, whatever the creed there was before, doesn't exist anymore. It's sort of like Hashem and the Jewish people and the Torah are one. Hi. Okay. Where are we right back? Let's go to We're page... No, that's Chetzein Yisavatik. Team Yisavatik is by forgetting about yourself. No, but the only way to... Are we not like a one-off or you're invested? Like, one-off, you give a menorah, so that's Chetzein you, you give them. You give them something to start with. Giving up yourself is you're wasting, so to speak, time that could be used for whatever, and you're 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 giving up yourself to help someone else, or is it just 
Is it your own avoda nullifying yourself? If you focused on yourself to get to panemius, or you're right in this mimer, or you focused on someone else at a deeper level. We spoke about three levels. We spoke about the level of a tzaddik and yasher and chassid. So a tzaddik uh, in, in the hayom yom, it's a tzaddik, someone does mitzvah sase. And uh, yasher, someone who does, is careful, unless I say. But the, it seems like from the way the Rebbe describes these various levels, that the yasher is someone who, um, is, a, is, a, is the tzaddik who causes unique satisfaction to Hashem by impacting the lives of, of others. It's about his impact. The yasha, the pleasure we spoke about last week on Friday, is about his impact on others. He actually, the change he affects on others. That change causes such satisfaction in Hashem that Hashem nullifies his decrees for that person's sake. The chassid, on the other hand, it seems like it's something within himself. The chassid is someone who doesn't think about himself. He forgets about himself. Because he forgets about himself, he touches this, Hitake he, he, he is just thinking about what does Hashem want. He puts himself on the side and there's, there's a lot of romance over there. He's, he's thinking about the Eibishter. So there, that, that, that causes Hashem to, so to speak, think about him too. The Rebbe Hashab wants his wife to bring in. Chassid said to the Rebbe Hashab, the Rebbe should have me in mind. The Rebbe Hashab responded, have me in your heart and I'll have you in mind. Is that on this? That's not on this. Let's go to 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 page Samachtes, uh, the new paragraph. I have no idea. Okay. Okay. There is your service of Hashem. Oops. Okay. Let, 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 let's let, let's read this paragraph and see and see what see what, see if, if it makes sense. The word attic means separate. The word attic means. Aloof, separate. Atik Yemen means the one of ancient days. That means there are days, and he is ancient of days, which means he is distant from days. Days in, in general in Kabbalah refer to the Midas of Atsilus. It says God created the world in six days. So there is the way Hashem is contracted in the level of days, in the level of the six days of creation, the six attributes which fuel, which animate the uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And there's Atik who's above those days. He's above the Midas of Atsilus. He's above the Chesed and Gvura, the emotive attributes of Hashem. But still, the fact that we're calling him above them indicates that they're a pedestal that's high enough to support him, which means that his virtue is, the virtue of this light of Hashem, is that it transcends the emotive attributes of Atsilus. And therefore, they do have some importance at that level. There is some distance between them and Atik. Distance, of course, doesn't mean geographic distance. It means in hierarchy. They are certainly distant from Atik, but still they exist. There's another term, Atik, not Atik Yemen. Atik Yemen means, means that he is distant from the days, he's higher than the days. Atik plain, without saying the word Yemen, just calling it Atik means distant, the distant one. So even though we're not pointing to a specific location and saying he's distant from that location, we're just saying the word distant, 
Still, the very fact that calling him distant, although that does highlight that he's way beyond anything else, still, the very fact that calling him distant means he's distant from somewhere. So that does, the word distant does connotate also a certain connection to somewhere. Otherwise, where is he distant from? And therefore, the impact and nullification of the decree that happens in Hishtalshulus, that happens in the spiritual cosmos, through the revelation of Atik, is in a way of impact. Atik impacts the spiritual cosmic order. From their perspective of the spiritual cosmos, there is supposed to be a decree that there should not be a divine flow. And because there is now a new revelation of Attic, now there can be a divine flow. The, the decree is now, the, the, there's a change because of the revelation of Attic. The advantage of when this change happens because of Attic is that it causes the spiritual cosmos itself to be that way. It's not like where desire is revealed, where desire changes something and to be different to the way the angelic beings want it to be. Rather, we said that when there's a revelation of Hashem's pleasure that causes all of the spiritual cosmos to be infused with a new kind of vitality because pleasure is the vitality of the entire spiritual cosmos. So when there is a revelation of Atik, it's not that there is a the decree is 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 um, ignored. Rather, there's a new like new evidence. I gave the example last week. There's new evidence that causes the change in the decree. But when we're talking about oh Zev came on, thanks to you, But but when we're talking about the revelation of the inner dimension of Attic, not only is it. It's not that the inner dimension of Attic affects a change in the spiritual cosmos. Rather, when the inner dimension of Attic is revealed, there is no decree in the first place. Well, you know, why is this? Attic is the infinite light of Hashem Himself. Attic, Pimius Attic, the inner dimension of Attic means the infinite light of Hashem. What does infinite mean? Infinite means that there's no limitation. So if you're talking about the infinite light of Hashem, you cannot say that there's a place He's distant from. Because from His perspective, there's, not, there's nothing else. From the perspective of, the, of, the, of infinity, you cannot say He is distant from the order of Ishtalshlos, the order of this chain of the various worlds. Why not? From His perspective, there it's not relevant to talk about a chain. All there is is him. He is infinite. He is all-encompassing. All there is is him. So it's understood that the change in the decree that happens in the spiritual, in the Ishtalshlus, when Pimiyasatik is revealed, is not that the inner dimension of Attic affects a change, rather, it's that there is no decree in the first place. 
Now we can explain why the Mimer says that the way the divine flow works in, that's encapsulated in the verse and the pious ones will bless you. What kind of divine flow is this? Says the Rebbe Hashab, it's similar to what the Gemara Yushalmi says that even if I say something and you say something, what you say will exist, what I say will not exist. What's the emphasis here? It's not because you said something. I'll nullify what I said. Because there is a revelation of the inner dimension of Atik, which is through the one who said, through this tzaddik, the tzaddik who is, has this, he wants something else to happen. And the tzaddik who wants something else to happen has revealed the inner dimension of Atik, because, there's a, because of this, it's not that there is a decree that has to be nullified. There's no room to begin with for there to be a decree. Leikaima. Oops. Okay. Um. That's the bottom line. Bottom line is, is that the, the revelation, the inner dimension of Attic is, is in a way, not that it affects a change, but there is no decree in the first place because the infinite light of Hashem is the, is everything it's all encompassing and from his perspective all there is is him